Okay, a fifth and final session on this prayer, and oh my, what there is to see in the words, through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Hang on, because this is amazing. Father, this whole prayer ends with your glory, your praise, through Jesus, which is where everything will end in the universe. And I pray that we would be given eyes to see your glory, hearts to praise it, and deep trust in Jesus who made it all possible. Lord, show us things here we may have never seen before. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And it is my prayer, that's going to be important before we're done, that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may prove what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. Through Jesus Christ. What does that mean? How does this fruit come through Jesus Christ, which is what it says? The fruit of righteousness, and that fruit comes through Jesus. Oh, so many ways. Consider this important fruit passage in John 15, where Jesus says, Abide in me and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit. The branch, that's us, cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. That's Jesus. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So one clear meaning of the fruit comes through Jesus is if we're not attached to Jesus by faith, drawing life and power from him, we can't do anything of any fruitful nature that reflects the righteousness of God. But that's, that's not all that through means here. Consider Titus 2.14. Christ gave himself. So here's, here's the death of Jesus, the great atoning work. Christ gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and purify for himself a people of his own possession, zealous for good works. Christ, Christ died to make us fruitful, not just to get us to heaven, but to fill us up. He died that we would be filled with fruit. That's what comes through Jesus. So Jesus in every way makes this possible. There would be no forgiveness, no acceptance with God, no answers to prayer, no outpouring of the Holy Spirit without, without Jesus. And so Jesus is the key to unleashing this amazing fruit that we should be filled with at the day of Christ. And because of this Jesus-enabled fruit, we see in it the glory of God and we praise God for his 
glory in sending Jesus to do everything necessary to make us fruitful so that when we are fruitful, we don't get the glory. He gets the glory, right? We are filled with the fruit of righteousness. We are doing these deeds. We are doing the right things. We are acting in pure and blameless ways. We are proving what is excellent. We are loving people. And when we do it, it is fruit that is coming through Jesus so that glory goes to God. That's where everything ends, from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. This is Romans 11 36 are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. What's the relationship between glory and praise? Unto the glory and praise of God. Glory here, I think, and most places is God's beauty and greatness. and excellence, and praise is our response of acclamation, exultation, joy. So I think the, the idea is unto His glory through our praise. Look at Ephesians 1, 12 and 14. That we who were first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. So his glory is the objective beauty that he has and we praise it. Same here, the Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So we praise his objective beauty and, and excellence. One last question. No, two last questions. Um, it is clear from this in the logic that fruit being born by us in deeds of righteousness is causing the glory of God to shine in His Jesus-bought work of fruitfulness as we praise and others praise God for that glory in our fruitfulness. So clearly, God is getting glory through our fruitfulness. So our fruit, God's glory. But what about chapter 4, verses 16 and 17? Even in Thessalonica, you Philippians sent me help for my needs. That's a fruit of righteousness. You sent me help for my needs once and again, not that I seek the gift. My point in saying this, he says, is not that, that I got money from you. My point is this, I seek the fruit that increases to your account. Whoa. This means that, that our reward this is like a ledger, and every time we bear good fruit, 
it is marked in the ledger. There's going to be reward. There's going to be joy. Which means that when we come back here, it's this fruit right here, this fruit of righteousness is not only for God's glory, but for our joy. And that turns up over and over again in the Bible. God gets the glory. We get the joy, the reward of seeing God glorified and being in his presence and having him love us and bless us forever. One more observation, and it's amazing. This is a prayer, right? It is my prayer. Who do you pray to? God. So he is asking God to do all of this to the glory of God. Right? Just think about it. It's so obvious when you think about it. He is praying to God that God would so cause our love to abound with knowledge and discernment and, and so cause us to prove what is excellent and so make us pure and blameless and so fill us with the fruits of righteousness and so provide Jesus Christ that he, the very God we're asking to do it, would be praised. This is everywhere in the Bible. God glorifying God. We are asking God, we are asking God to glorify God, which is no surprise because in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 9, what is the very first petition that we ask God to do? Hallow your name. There's nothing unusual about this at all. It pervades the Bible. God is totally committed to glorifying God through making us fruitful for our joy, and therefore we pray that it would be so.